Um, I want to start out by letting you know um, our hearts go out to everyone that has been affected by Hurricane Ian. And you've seen the images on, on TV and on social media and just, wow, it's a too familiar sight from just a few years ago, what we had just down the road from here. And uh, so definitely our hearts go out to everyone that's been affected and everyone who's helping with assistance. And we just want you to know as a church, we are going to do our part in helping out with that. And so already on our website, if you go to the Give tab, if you would like to help, you can go and you'll see a drop-down box where you can make a donation to helping them. We have a church friend that is literally in Fort Myers, Next Level Church, Pastor Matt Keller, that we are going to partner with to help out with. And right now, everybody's like, hey, I got this. I want to send this. I want to send this. And they're saying, hold up. Don't send it yet. Their main need right now is finances because there's a lot of things they got to get moving and in place so that they can take care of everyone. And so if the Lord puts something on your heart to give, make sure you go to our website. You can give there. As their needs change, so will our response change. If it requires someone to go down there and do some work, we'll set something up. If they need supplies, we'll set something up. But right now, we're going to just follow their lead on this. They need finances. And so that's what I feel like we should do right now because whenever you have a church and it's a large church by the way really large church several thousand people when you have a large organization like that you got to get pieces moving all over so you can meet the need and i know everyone's got a lot of energy and wants to respond right away sometimes that creates chaos and i can tell you from personal experience after hurricane katrina in louisiana i was in that position and we had people coming from all over the place wanting to help and it was like i can't even do the work i need to do because everybody who's trying to come help is like bombarding us. It's like, let's pace ourselves. We're going to get to that point and we can help them. And so, uh, but I do want to take a moment to pray. Um, because when you're in that situation, you, you need prayers. You do. And a lot of people say, oh, we need more than prayer. Well, you got to start with prayer. And, and that's where we will always start, by the way. And we, I, I just want to lift them up, as well as everyone out there who's responding and helping out with, uh, you know, rescuing people and all the relief work. It's, it's a lot of work, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. It's a lot. And I just, I, I want them to be able to feel the prayers of our church. Amen. Just like if we were in that spot, we would want someone lifting us up, and, and that's how we want to be for them. So let's take a moment right here before we jump into the message today and just pray. Father, we, we come to you today on behalf of all of our, our friends and neighbors down in South Florida uh, where they have been affected by this storm, really through so much of our state. And Father, right now, we lift up every individual, every family that's walking through all of the repercussions of this storm. And Father, we lift them up to you. There, there are so many things that we, we know to pray, but there are so many things we don't even know to pray that they are dealing with. But Father, we are so thankful that you're the God that sees and you're the God that knows. And that there are people coming together, Father, to, to help those who are in great need. And Lord, today, we pray that you will lift their spirits, those who are so overwhelmed right now now with all of the devastation, all of the work that must be done. We lift them up to you, Father, and pray, God, that you will give them the energy, the motivation to rebuild, to start over. For everyone that's involved in leadership positions, whether it's in government or whether it's with these different organizations, or maybe it's just someone in a neighborhood, we lift them up to you right now and ask you to give them the grace, Father, through all of this long-term grace, Father, to make it through so they can rebuild and be stronger than they ever have 
have before. And Father, I just pray that, that everyone that sees will have a heart to respond and that generosity would, pour, would be poured out from so many to help our friends down in South Florida. And we're believing, Father, that there is going to be a complete rebuild. There's some life change that's going to happen, Father. But this life change is going to be people recognizing your goodness and seeing all that you're capable of doing. And Father, I pray that you would use us as a church. Let us be your hands and feet to reach those in need and be a blessing, Father, to those who, who have this need right now. Just like people have done for us in the past, Father, we want to pass the blessing on to others. Father, I thank you, God, that your hand is on every one of those families, every one of those individuals as they deal with this. Thank you, God. You will get them through it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. So if you would like to give to that, you can go to our website and you will see on the give tab, you can see the drop down and give to them. Amen. Well, let's jump into uh, the message today. We've been talking about vision. We've been talking about what God is showing us uh, as a church. And we started a couple of weeks ago with a question. And the question was, are you ready? Look at your neighbor right now and just ask him, are you ready? Look at your other neighbor and tell him you ain't ready. I can tell you're not ready. You're not ready. Are you ready to be the church? And when we speak about church, we're not just talking about the organization. We're talking about us. Nudge your neighbor and say, that's you. When we talk about the church, we're talking about each other. Are we ready to be the church, the people that God wants us to be? And so in week one, when we started this series, there was a couple of statements that we made that were, that were really serious that we have to, to continue to reconsider. One of the things we said, for us to be ready, for us to be the church that God really wants us to be, the first thing we know, there are some things we need to cut out. Am I right? How many of y'all know we got some things that just needs to stop? Amen? That's not being a mean preacher. That's just observations. Some things we need to cut out. But then there are some things that we need to commit to. And I believe that if we cut the right things out, the things that don't need to be a part of our lives, and commit to the right things, it's going to make a difference in our life. So that's where we started week one, for us to be ready. And then last week, we began to talk about what we are called to do, and that the vision for a church isn't just a vision statement, but it's a vision calling to each and every one of us in the church. Look at your neighbor right now and say, God's calling you. It's like literally got my cell phone. I'm calling you. I need some help. So I'm calling you. Are you going to answer or are you going to send me to voicemail? Who does voicemail anymore? I don't like voicemails, man. I don't. Text me. Because that's a whole situation. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's not go there. I don't like the notification. That's what it is. I can handle it on my text, but the, 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 the voice... Anyway, let's just carry on. We'll preach on that all day, and y'all don't want to hear it. You didn't come here for that. So last week, we talked about what we are called to do. And there were four words that we shared. There are four action words. We're called to reach, we're called to serve, we're called to give, and we're called to build. That's what we are called to do. And when we said reach, we're called to reach up to God in worship. That's what we were doing just now, reaching up to God, and we're worshiping God because we need Him. And can I say this? Never stop reaching up to God. You know things in your life are not going to be where they need to be if you stop reaching up to God. You need him. You will always, it don't matter how much of a kingdom veteran you become, you will always need him. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen, amen, amen. But also, part of our reaching is not just reaching out to God, but it's reaching out to people. And you've got to have both. You can't just do one. Some people, oh, I love God. you got to love God, but you also have to love people. 
You got to love people. And sometimes when people rub you the wrong way, you don't love them anymore. You say things like, I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> Amen? How many of y'all ever been there before? <laughs> I don't even like you, but I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> That's like that little God bless you line that we use. God bless you. Same thing. Bless your heart. All those things. That's just how you clean up the stuff. That's all it is. It's polish. So we reach up to God in worship, but we reach out to people in love in the hopes that we can connect them together. Amen? If I'm reaching up to God and I'm reaching out, man, if we can get them to connect, that's where they have the God encounter. Then we talked about serving. All of us are called to be servants. Servanthood is not what you do. It's who you become. Amen? And, and, and listen, we all should serve. There is no exclusion for serving. In fact, when I was praying about this message today, I really felt like the Lord dropped this in me. I was like, Lord, I don't know if I want to say that. And Cynthia right now is saying, oh, God. Okay. Please don't. Some of y'all just say it. Okay, I'll say it. You do know that when we don't serve, we're sinning. Anyway, back to the message. I did it, Lord. I did it. I did it. You can't say nothing. No, I did it. Okay. <laughs> him okay anyway <laughs> i'm just saying what he said all right back to the message um we serve in the church because we all have a part but we also serve as the church amen it's both it's not just one or the other it's both uh, because i am a servant meaning this no matter where i go it's just who i am I'm a servant. It's, it's part of my DNA. As a believer, I am a servant. And so we serve in the church and we serve as the church. And if we have any aspirations for greatness, anybody in here? You want some greatness? Great family, great career, like all those great things that we want. Guess where it comes from? Serving. Because Jesus said, whoever wants to be great must first become what? That's what makes church great. It's not our songs. It's our serving. Amen. We do have good songs. That was some good songs today. Amen. All right. Let's keep going. Let's talk about giving this is where people get nervous. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Like you got the choice. You can either be blessed or you can be a blessing. And blessed is limited. Blessing, unlimited. Let's go there. Am I right? Meaning like this. We give but we're going to give again. Amen? I, I, I give, but I want to give again. And giving is so important. That generosity, it, it really moves the church. Amen? And then we talked about building. And what we want to build at Emerge Church is this. We want to build people in their faith. Come on, all of us, we got some growth to do in our faith. Can I get a good amen right there? We want to build families. Because I, I have not met a person yet that said, you know what? I don't like family. I don't want to do family. I don't want a family. Everybody's like, I want family. So we're going to be a part of building families, but we also want to help build futures because the best is yet to come. We believe that. Amen. That's not just something we say. It's something we believe. Now, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to the Bible. Ephesians 2 is my favorite book of the Bible. Ephesians. If you need something to read, you're looking for something for your reading list, you're looking for another book for your book club, Ephesians is it. Suggest that for your book club and let me know how that goes. Everybody wants one of them scary novels right now. Well, not everybody. They do. Ephesians is much better. Amen. All right, let's read. Ephesians 2 verse 19. It says, 
You're no longer wandering exiles. By the way, I'm reading out the message version of the Bible. And so uh, just to let everybody know before we get too far, okay? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. That's so good. It's going to get better too. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Look at your neighbor right here. Y'all going to help me preach today, by the way. Look at your neighbor and say, you were supposed to be here. Mm. Somebody needed that one. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. Watch this. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. There are people here that got here because they grew up in church, and there are other people that got here because their life fell apart, and they needed a hope, they needed a Savior, and Jesus found them and saved their life, and that's how they got here. And we're glad you're here, amen? Don't matter how you got here, the important thing is you're here, amen? You may have came on a bike today, it don't matter, you're here. You may have Ubered, but you're here. You may have drove an old beat-up truck, but you're here. Amen? I'm glad you're here. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Mm -hmm. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. Mm. This is home, but God's like, yeah, but the home I want to live in is in you and he's building something let's pray and then we're going to jump into this message god this word it's just so encouraging it, it, it excites our spirit and father i just pray today as we as we just comment on the scripture as we just talk about all of this i pray father that you would help us to hear your heart help us to see your heart for your belief for your body of believers for your church and I pray, Father, that, that we will take off the lens that the world gives us and we will look at your word with open eyes and an open heart to hear your heart and what you say. And Father, I'm so thankful, God, that you're building us, that you're not finished. You love us so much, God, that you, you, you would go beyond all means to reach us. And Father, here we are. We're in your presence today. Now, Father, we ask you to do with us what you want to do. Help us to grow. Help us to be the believers, the men and women of God that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I'm the guy that uh, grew up in church. And so um, you can say this. My church, uh, my, my family was always involved in, in the church. Uh, I call my mom a fire chaser. And my mom loves not just to go to church, but to all the other church services that are anywhere around. And if there is a revival happening. Mama wants to go. Come on. How many of y'all know somebody like that? Anybody ever been to a revival before? Now, I'm not talking about one night, but you went to the multiple night revival. Come on. How many of you as a kid, you fell asleep at the revival? Now we're talking. Two of you. Okay. Two of you. I, I'm not talking about the, those reserved ones, you know, where, where they bring a guest speaker in. I'm talking about when they bring the guest speaker and the fire. 
And I'm not talking about flame, literal flame. I'm talking about the fire of God, the, the passion of the Holy Spirit. And I've been to uh, a lot of those services uh, growing up, and I've seen some things. I've seen some things that would make so many of you uncomfortable. And, and, and if I begin to tell you the things I've seen, some of you would get up and exit because it would make you a little nervous. And I would say, some of you, you need that. You need to be nervous. God needs to shock you sometimes. And I remember going to these meetings, and I was shocked, not always at God, but at people. (laughs) I have come to the conclusion that there are some people out there that are crazy. See, some of you that had those revival vibes from back in the day, it's coming alive again. I can remember uh, this one gentleman uh, who he loved to play the tambourine at church. And I don't know why we would do this as a church, why they would put tambourines around through the crowd for people to join along with the team. How many of y'all know? Anybody ever had Mr. Tambourine Lady in church who could not play it on beat? Cannot, never, ever. Where this one lady? Oh, hold on. Let me finish telling you about the guy. This guy, he he would look for his seat depending on where the tambourine was. Because they rotated them. I guess they figured if they moved it, that person who was off beat wouldn't get to play it again, and maybe somebody else would. But not this one man. He would find the tambourine. He would move all around the church. Man, he would just play this thing. And when I was a kid, at first, I thought it was kind of cool. But then the more I got into music, I realized that's not cool at all. Because that's noisy. But there was this one lady, y'all. This was one of those front row kind of ladies. Come on, shout out to the front row. All right. One of those front row ladies who was not looking for the church tambourine. She brought her own. Yes, sir. Yes, and this is before Amazon. She went to, we had a, a music store in town called Music Incorporated. Fancy name, don't let it impress you too much, okay? And she, she went there and she had to order it because they don't carry that in stock, you know what I'm saying? But she wanted a, a big tambourine, and so she went into Music Incorporated, she ordered this tambourine, and she, when she showed up at church with it that Sunday, we knew it's on. Most tambourines, I will, I will describe it like this. It's like a single barrel gun. You know what I'm saying? It just has one row of, 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 the, little, of the little jingles on it, okay? Oh, no, not hers. Some of y'all are thinking double barrel. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. We're talking four. This is like double portion. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was red. And it represented the blood of Jesus that covers our sins. I mean, there's meaning behind it. And, and if you were not impressed enough with her red tambourine with four rows of jingles, she attached streamers. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what would you do if you walked in here on a Sunday morning and there was the lady on the front row with the red tambourine, we're talking four rows of jingles with streamers on it, and we're up here playing these songs. Like, can you imagine that song, What I See? pretty upbeat and she's just up there getting it man and you got streamers flying all over the place some of y'all you out of here you at the coffee bar you 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 you're not feeling too well you are out of here and that's the stuff man i'm telling and then she start dancing 
and just going with it. And she was never on beat. Not one time, man, just getting it, just. And then they realized the tambourine idea wasn't the best. And now you can get rid of all the church tambourines, but not hers. I was on a mission trip once in Guadalajara, Mexico, and uh, which is was one of the most amazing mission trips I've ever been on. Uh, this this missionary moved from Dallas down to Guadalajara, and uh, he started a church there. And he had a vision not just to start a church, but to start churches all over Guadalajara. This city is massive. We're talking millions and millions of people. And so he went to the center of town and started one church, and his vision was to have churches all around. And so he would raise up pastors, and they would start new congregations. And so when we went on the trip, he asked me if I would be willing to preach that Sunday. And I said, well, sure, I'd be honored to come and speak. And they had a a translator, and I didn't know that he was the actual translator. I didn't know that. And so I agreed to do it. And when we got there, he told me that there will be six services that Sunday that we're going to preach. And then he showed me the the truck that we were going to ride in to all the different locations all across this city. And it was a small Datsun truck. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. That's a little truck is what I'm telling you. And the driver was bringing his wife. And there was only two seats in the truck. When I saw the truck, I thought it was me and Brother Roger. The driver and his wife, which means we sit in the back with a big dog. (laughs) And we would do the first service. I rode to that one in a taxi, the first service. But after that, we were riding in the Dotson truck. And I just thought, okay, I'm from Louisiana. We rode in the back of trucks many of times. That dog, he's nasty, but I grew up in Louisiana. I've been around all kinds of animals. I could do this. It's kingdom work. I didn't realize that everybody that was with us on the team was riding in the back of the truck too. So we're driving around, and I'm talking six services. It's like you go in, you do the service, and they do like the, the music part. They're not doing three songs and we're done. We're doing like, they're doing like five, six. And if somebody really feels it, they're going to keep going. And then they have the dance team that comes out. See, y'all ain't ready for all that. You nervous now that as I begin to share the vision of the church, that I'm going to share the vision for a dance team. And somebody's like, ooh, pastor, I hear the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I don't. I don't hear that. You dance at home. You dance at the wedding. So we were hitting these different churches, man. We, we, as soon as the service was over, you know, I, I like to talk to people. And so I'm trying to grab Brother Roger to go talk to people because I couldn't speak Spanish. I could pick up a few words. And you know what you do on a mission trip when you don't know the language, especially as it's, if it's Spanish? You talk louder. Where's the bathroom? L bathroom. You do that. I'm telling you, it happens. It happens. It happens. So he's grabbing my arm. Let's go. Let's go. And so going in the truck, I felt kind of important, to be honest. I did. I felt kind of important. And so we get in this truck and we're taking off. And it's like this adrenaline rush all day. And so we're getting to the last service. And it's 8 o'clock at night. This has been a day. And he, he tells I'm exhausted. And he tells me, oh, This is the really fired up service. 
So he said, they're going to do a little bit more music. And so he said, you may not get to preach for a little bit. And he said, just enjoy it. You can rest before you get up there to speak. And so we go into the service, and I'm like, okay, man, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And it was probably the nicest building out of all of them that we've been to. And there were so many people there, a lot of young people. And you can feel the energy in the room, but you couldn't feel the energy from me because I was exhausted. Like, I was I was toast, man. I was done. And so they're doing the music and everything, and Brother Roger carried this case with him everywhere we went, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if he had a gun in there, like, to protect us. Honestly, I didn't know what it was. And they start playing these songs, and Brother Roger opens the case, pulls out a trumpet. No, you thought it was a camera. That brother pulls out a trumpet, and he's over there, tuning it up. And they start playing that song. He's not with the band. Front row, baby. Front row. And that brother just starts getting along with it, and he's hopping around like this. I was amazed. I've never seen anything like that in church. All I knew was tambourine lady. Just shake, baby. Get it, get it, get it. Brother Rogers, a whole nother level. A lot more skill to play a trumpet than a tambourine. And that dude's up there just playing this thing. And so I'm like, huh little more energy and they're going on and on man it went eight songs long and you know like when you find that good song and it keeps going they found it (laughs) so I'm looking at my watch it's like man it's getting late what time are we going to get done here and then they're supposed to stop everything and the drummer just starts getting down on the kick drum and they take off They are dancing around, running around the room, and I'm like, huh. One of the most incredible church services I've ever been in, man. It was awesome. And I tell those stories because we're so conditioned to church being a certain way from all of our different backgrounds. There's a lot of different backgrounds in this room. In fact, I am well aware that some of the music that we play is is edgy for people. In this room, it's like, hmm, whatever happened to the hymns? Well, that last song had, had hymn vibes. It just had drums and guitars in it. Seriously. It did, and it works. It might not be your liking, but it works. I didn't like the tambourine. It worked for her. I didn't like the trumpet at all. I have to be honest. That's like a whole nother level of you can mess this thing up. Don't bring your trumpet or your trombone next week, Okay. But the reason I bring this up is because we have an idea in our mind of how church is supposed to be based off of where we come from. And I've had the privilege to go around the world and sit in different church services and hear a lot of different expressions of church and be in another country where you can't understand a word they're saying, a song they're singing. You just know when you look around, they all in it, man. And you just kind of feel like, I don't, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're singing, but they're getting it. I'm going to get it too. Let's go. And because of this, we have all created a template, if you will, of what we believe it should be in order to give our full participation in it. And, and it comes out with things like this. If, if it was more like this, then I would that. Seriously. 
If, 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 if the worship was more like this, or the preaching was more like this, or, or if the kids' ministry was more like this, and the outreach ministry, if, if we had more ministries and programs in the church, and it's all of these different things that, that we pick up according to our liking that we really believe that church should be like. And I'll be honest, my background, I just think church needs to be fired up. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just how I'm made. I mean, a lot of things that I do, I'm fired up about it. Okay, and this is what the Lord gave you. I mean, so if you're not fired up, I don't know what to tell you, bro, because I'm fired up right now. Okay, uh, but, but, but it's important that we talk about this because every church, just like every person, has an expression. Or can I say it like this? Has a personality. It really does. Of course, you can go to different churches and they're pretty quiet. They're not going to hit a drum in that church. That is disrespectful. I'm a drummer. We're going to hit the drum. I wasn't playing today, but I was playing, if you know what I mean. Now, I wasn't air drumming. I'm past that stage, but I was drumming right along with you, Catherine. I was like, oh, yeah, do that part right there. There was that one part on Behold where she did that build, and you had that one field that I can't play that you can play. I was like, oh, that's good. Mm. You can clap for her. She can play the lick. I can't. But I like it. But there's different types of churches. And can, can I say this? There are some great churches in this town. There are, they're different than us. But that's okay because there are different people everywhere you go. And if we're going to reach them all, you've got to have some different churches. Because if we're all the same, it gets weird. In fact, in your own house, in your own home, there is a lot of things that are similar in your house, but there are a lot of things that are different. Like whenever you have your first kid, you just think that's how it's going to be with all of them till you have your second one. You realize, whoo, where'd that come from? How does that happen? Because your template no longer works. Your template for the first child, oh, yeah, we got this figured out. Then the second kid comes and blows that thing up. And then when they get old enough to recognize it, they start using it against you. Oh, you let him do all this, and you let her do all that. My kids do it. They do it to us. Y'all let Ella Pearl get away with everything. Well, Ella Pearl doesn't do all the things that you did. Happy birthday, Elijah. <laughs> Y'all, I got a 20-year-old kid now. Well, man. Elijah turned 20 years old yesterday, and I, I didn't realize that's where we were at in life. That's where he's at. I didn't realize that's where we were at. Judah turns 18 next month. <laughs> anyway, back to church. Got to watch the clock. Okay. There's differences in our own home between people. You see it in their tastes. Ella Pearl, we thought, was going to become a vegetarian. I am the furthest thing from a vegetarian there ever was on the planet. Seriously, man, I like meat. And she likes all the green things. And God bless. We balance each other out in our family. Seriously. 
But there's differences in our own home. But yet there's something about whenever you come together as a church, it almost feels like in order for it to be legit, it all has to be the same. And I think that's where we run into the troubles that you can run into in a church. Uh, there are certain people that are very expressive in their worship. I'm talking about getting it very expressive. And then there are other people that are a lot more reserved. You know what I'm saying? White knuckle in the chair. I ain't putting no hands up. And then we come up here and say, come on, everybody lift your hands. And you're caught in a dilemma. <laughs> I don't want to be the only one, but I don't roll like this. Because in the church I grew up in, we don't do that. I know. There's differences everywhere. And the reality is to be able to see that God, he moves in lives, he gives people, he works in our lives according to, first of all, who he is, but also according to who we are. And this is important that I talk about this before we dive into everything, because if we're not careful, we will, we will view God and church as something that is just like, um, um, what's the word I want to, it's, it's almost like a, a blanket, if you will. And it's, it's, it's got to be the same for everybody or else it ain't real or else it's not legit or else it's not good. But I want you to know that church is so much more than just something that you attend on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than just an organization that comes together to do good and for us to come together and gather and hear a word and worship. It is so much more than that. But it is literally the body of Christ that is on this earth that is in motion that is moving, that is active, that is infiltrating every single walk of life. Do you believe that? And you have to understand that perhaps God has wired you the way that you are with the personality that you have so that he can use you in a place that a guy with a personality like this would be ineffective, but yet you would be God's answer to that person's prayer so that we can reach them. And if we're not careful, we will all try to be who one person is thinking that that is what Christianity is. And this is what a good church person looks like. We are called to look like Jesus, not like somebody. Amen? And this is important because if we want God to build us, we got to ask God, what are you trying to build? Because a lot of times we're just trying to copy something that God's trying to make original. Amen? And this is so important with church because we all have our tastes. We all have our likes. I like a church like this. And I wish our church would be more like that. No, that's like telling your kid, I wish you would be more like that guy. <laughs> that's not good parenting. But we will do that stuff, man. Instead of recognizing the goodness of God that is already right there, that God is working on and that God is working in and that God is working through. Because now it increases the possibilities of who could be reached. Amen? I don't want to just reach one kind of person. God did not call us to be the church that just reaches one kind. Oh, that's a young people church. We're more than a young people church. We're all people church. Amen? Well, that church does really good, you know, with, 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 with people who are more seasoned in the faith. Uh-uh, we're going after the people that know nothing about God. Amen? Amen? And I think it should look more like heaven yeah. with all kinds of people, even people that make you nervous. Yeah. That's where you know 
God's here. Because there's some people here that make me nervous. And I know, listen, I know even sharing that, that, that scares people. Because it's like, I don't know if I signed up for this. And I, I can just say this to you today. This is the church. The church isn't a certain kind of people. It's people. And by the way, the certain kind of people got all kinds of problems too. They just cover them. It's an exciting time that we live in right now in our world. Exciting, man. Plenty of things going on in our world. And we hear about all the craziness and all the negativity. We hear about wars. We hear about weather. We hear about crime. We hear about politics. We got more than our share of that. We hear about different opinions on social issues and moral issues. And it would lead us to believe that what is going on in our world? It would lead us to believe that it's worse than it has ever been. And I would say in the middle of all of the craziness that is occurring in our world, God is still moving. See, it's not sidelining God because of these things that are happening. This is actually just the reality of man. That, everything going on in our world is the reality of man and all of his desires and all of his temptations and all of the different things that man can come up with, whether it's something good or something evil. And what we see in our world is the result of man. But at the same time in the world, all of that is happening. God is still moving. God is still saving people. God is still healing people. God is still delivering people. God is still doing it. He never stopped doing it. But sometimes our focus is so much on what's going on in our world. And then from that perspective, we try to define what church needs to look like because of what's going on in the world. When God's like, I've already identified you as my sons and daughters. This is what you look like in a world that is falling apart. You are a light in a dark world. Because a lot of people look at darkness and they don't come up with the conclusion that you need a light. God already knew before the world even went crazy that the world was going to need a light. So he said, I got a solution for it. I got a church. I got a church. And if the church will shine bright in a dark world, it's going to bring hope. And it's going to lead people to Jesus. And then you're saying, Pastor Wade, that just sounds so simple. It is that simple, but it's so hard to execute. It is very hard to execute light in a dark world because the darkness is strong. But here's what I know about darkness. Darkness can't handle light. <laughs> can't. We can kill all the lights in this room, black out the windows and everything. And one person can pull out their phone with that little flashlight on there and we can all get out of here. One little light and we're all getting out of here. He called us to be the light of the world. And in a world where this is going on, there is a move of God that is happening. And I believe there's a stirring in people's hearts for more of God. Listen to me. It's actually a stirring for more. They're just looking in the wrong places. They're looking for something, some opportunity, some person, some political answer to give them something that only God can give. 
there is a desire for more. It's just misplaced. And so I believe even in the church, though, there is a stirring for more because the more that we deal with in our lives, the more it points to our need for God. The more we deal with in our families, the more it points to I need help. And I've talked to a few people and they ain't helping me. God, you better help me. And wait, that's where I needed to start from. I need God. And so there's this stirring for more. And where it's coming to, the point is in the church where people are saying, I need more than a tradition. Nothing wrong with the tradition, but if the tradition holds you hostage, it's not doing you a whole lot of good. And that's a tough, a tough thing to hear because we like to honor tradition. And I get it. I do want to give honor where honor and credit is due. But when the tradition holds you hostage and keeps you from something that God is trying to do, the tradition is no longer useful. And so here, here's a good example. If I'm from the tradition that I just don't worship like that, this is my posture for worship, when you're walking through some things and when you're going through it, you will find yourself in the place where all you can do is lift your hands and worship God. And that, my friends, is not personality. That, my friends, is just the desperation of a person's heart that realizes I need more. I need more help than what I'm getting from my tradition. And so I will step out of the boundary of my tradition to get something more from God. There's a desire for more. I believe there's a desire for more than just a set of doctrinal beliefs. And I walk this line very carefully because I do, I do believe we should be sound in our doctrine. But what if we're just sound in our doctrine for the sake of argument? What if we're just sound in our doctrine for the point of proving somebody else wrong instead of using our doctrine to help people be made right? And the culture of our world has taken the Bible and Scripture and has used the light of the Word of God and used it more to blind people instead of leading people. Amen? Or better yet, taking the light and turning it on themselves and using it as a spotlight. Amen? When the whole point of it was to be a light unto my feet and a light unto my path so that I can find my way through all of this. And if you don't have a light, I got one, and I will help you to get there too. Amen? That's what it was meant to be. And people want more than just a message. They want more than just, this is what we believe. It's stiff, it's starch, and if you don't fit into our circle, good luck, go find somewhere else. It's more than just a doctrinal system, but it's a faith that will break through the barriers of culture. A faith that will break through the strongholds that people are dealing with in their lives. Amen. I, it's not just what I believe. It's how I believe and who I believe in. Because I can't, I can't explain it all. I can't. I can't explain everything from the word of God. I try my best, but God is too big for me to wrap my mind around. And that's what people need to see. That God is more. And the more you're looking for is him. I believe people want more than just a label of Christianity. I do. That's why people are so mad at Christians. Because it's been reduced to a label. A group of people that vote a certain way. Knock, knock. We're more than that. 
We're more than just a demographic. We are the light of the world that God has called out of darkness to be a light. I will not be defined by a political party. Amen. I'm more than that. I'm a son of the king. I got purpose in my life. And so do you too. Why do we allow these things to be the boundaries on our life? Because we want to be right and we want to prove somebody else wrong because that's the system of the world. But the church has called us so much more than that. We're called to so much more. And so while we're getting hung up on these different things, God's like, hey, I didn't call you out of that. Let's get back on mission. Let's, let's get back to what we're supposed to do. People want genuine faith walk. I think people want more than just a cool church, too. With all the programs that meets the family's needs. I will say this to you. We are not program hungry at Emerge Church because we can start a million programs that will become ineffective and just say we got them. Seriously. We wouldn't call for programming. We will call for reaching. Amen? And when you look at this congregation on a Sunday, and I'll just say this, you see young people serving in capacities from the time they're in middle school. Yeah, you can clap for that. All the way up to the silver saint. Come on, somebody. All in between. People all over the place. And somehow or another, we're all doing this together. It's impressive if you ask me. But it feels a lot like heaven. It feels a lot like heaven. Because God has called us to be an assembly of people who are following Jesus. Who are living out his plans for our lives, and we all are busy doing it, or we should be busy doing it. You can look through history and see how God moved in different generations, and it's impressive. I remember sitting in a church history class in Bible school and see how God just worked through different generations, and it looked different. Every generation, it seems to look different. That's why when you hear the next generation's music, like, oh, what is that music? Your parents were saying that about you. You had your classic rock cranked up. And they're like, what is all that devil music? A friend of mine, he, I, I grew up in the phase where you put speakers in your car, big ones. Like 212s. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, ooh, I just went back. <laughs> And my buddy was playing rap music in it. And uh, his dad really didn't care for rap music at all. And uh, he, he would crank it up and wake his dad. We messed with his dad a little bit. And his dad came out one day and said, why are you playing all that heavy metal music? And it wasn't heavy metal, it was rap. Every generation, they have their things. Like some of you, if you heard the language that young people were, oh, I know their mouths are terrible. It was bad when we were in school, too, okay? They're using some words that just like, what is that? Like, what's your drip? Some of y'all are like, I got a faucet at the house dripping. That's their look. It's their clothes, man. You learned something in church today. Culturally relevant. There you go. The reason why I say that, though, and I want y'all to listen, trust me, I'm doing something with this. The reason why I say that is because every generation God is doing something in. And sometimes we don't see it because we think that God's going to do the next thing just like he did the last thing. And if we think that way, 
We look at the Old Testament and think that God needs to do all of the Old Testament the same way for all eternity. And can I just say, thank God for the New Testament. It was a change, and many people missed who Jesus was and what he was doing because it didn't look like their tradition. It didn't feel like what they were used to. It didn't have all these heavy requirements that made them feel a little bit more justified in their guilt rather than being made right so you didn't have to have guilt anymore. The new thing that God was doing, the, 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 the previous generation had an issue with, but God moved through Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. And still to this day, people are having a hard time with the Holy Spirit. But God poured it out. And generation after generation, there's been things that God has been doing. And for us as a church, our commitment is this. I don't want to miss what God is doing because of my preferences and because of my likings and because of my style and because of my music and because of all the things that I want church to be. I mean, I have to be aware God may move differently. And can I roll with him? Can I move with God the way that he is moving. And so I'm not even getting to the meat of my message yet. But I want us to stand today because I want to close right here. I know you're not getting your three points, but it's going to be all right. You'll get them next week. But I want us to stand right here today. Because I believe this was a, a message that was breathed by God for us right here, right now. That we needed to hear. Because a lot of times the things that we think are holding us back that are external are actually things internal. Limit God and say God can't do that because we've never seen it like that before. And please don't misinterpret thinking that we're about to open the doors of the church and go crazy and do things that are foolish. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a heart for God. I'm talking about having a heart for God's house. The church because it's a spiritual family. And we have to talk about this because there are people who have been hurt in church. And we have to talk about it because there are people in church right now that are mad at somebody else in church because they're not doing it the way you want it to be done. You may even be mad at me because I'm not delivering it to you the way you want it delivered. But I want us to see God is moving in our world today. He really is. He's moving in this church. He is moving right now. And being neutral with the things of God takes us nowhere. But stepping in faith into who God wants us to be takes us places that we never, ever thought that we can go. I've seen in ministry things change through the years. And can I say, thank God it's changed. There was a stretch of ministry where they told the pastor and his wife, you can't be friends with anyone in the congregation. Seriously. My first year of Bible school, I remember going to that class and they talked specifically about that. Don't be friends with people in your church. Who am I going to be friends with? It came out of somebody being hurt, though. That thought came from somebody who was in ministry who got hurt that developed a system around something that hurt them and removed themselves from something that God would use to help bring healing to them.
And this is why I'm sharing this with you today. It's because we're missing some things that God wants to do because of our own preferences, because of our own likings, because of our styles and all of that stuff. And we're missing what God is trying to do because we're looking for those things instead of him. And my heart for us as a church is that we will experience what God wants to do. I would hate it if you missed out on a healing because we don't do that. I would hate it if we missed out on a family being restored. I would hate it if we missed out on a kid being raised in the house of God. I would hate it if there was an older person that never knew Jesus. But because we were a church so focused on one demographic that we were not able to reach them. You know what I'm saying? We can be a church that God can move in, but it starts right here. This is where it starts. It starts with you allowing God to move in your heart. That's where it starts. Because when the people of the church allow God to come in and move in their heart, that's how God moves in the church. And that's how God moves through the church to touch people all around. See, what we do as a church and who we are as a church isn't just determined by Cynthia and I. I know we're your pastors, but it's not just determined by us two. It's determined by all of us. All of us. And if we can recognize that together, the impact that we can have, we will reach people. People's lives will be affected. People will be changed. And people will come running to the house of God. Yeah, this is home for us, but there's a lot of people that's looking for home. And why don't we just open the door? But it starts with each one of us opening the door of our hearts. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in this place today, we open our hearts to you. We put aside these man-made things that we have leaned on for so long. And we open our hearts to all the things that you want to do, all the things that you want to say. And Father, we invite you in our house. Just speak that under your breath right now. God, I invite you into my house, into my life, into my heart. And Father, I pray that you would help us all to break the barriers, to break the chains that have been holding us back so that we will be a church that believes, so that we will be a church that takes the steps. We'll be a church that worships. We will be a church, God, that reaches. We'll be a church that gives and serves and builds. We'll be a church, God, that is so caught with you that we will see the possibilities of what you can do through each and every one of us. Maybe you came here today and you were away from God. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Can I say first and foremost, you needed to be here today. You are in the right place. And because you are here today, God's reaching out to you right now. And my prayer is that you will reach back to him and allow him to grab you and welcome you in. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today can be the best day of your life. It could be a brand new start for you, a brand new beginning. And I want to lead us in this prayer. This is something that we do pretty much every Sunday. But I want to give you the opportunity today to make a connection 
to begin a relationship with Jesus. Come on, church. You know how to do this. We all pray it out loud. I want you to pray it out loud too. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life on the cross for me. I realize today how much I need you. So I open up my heart. I open up my life and I invite you in. I surrender my life to you and I choose now to follow you, to follow your ways. Thank you that you will lead me and you will guide me and I will follow you. I choose now. I will live my life your way. I confess now that you are my Lord and you're my Savior. I believe it. I say it. I I receive it, and I will walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.